Hello everyone, before the episode begins, just want to mention that uh, this is being recorded prior to the beginning of week three, prior to Thursday Night Football. Uh, it's probably getting uploaded after that, but I just want to warn that in advance. Hello everyone, welcome to Adoran Talks Sports, the only sports show probably that discusses every single team in the sport that is being discussed. I am your host, Andrew himself, and uh, here we are, week two has ended, and it was definitely an interesting week. I, I gotta admit that. A lot of fascinating games, a lot of weirdness, I think, Weir uh, despite the... I, I don't know if any result was particularly shocking, although we'll go through and uh, maybe I'm wrong because I don't have all the games listed immediately in front of me, but we'll see exactly where every team went with this first game. So, or with the second game, I suppose. Um... As always, remember to review, uh, subscribe, follow the podcast, whatever your specific platform does. We're all over the place. And uh, without further ado, we can begin with the first game of week two. Um, well, this was a game, all right. Uh, the Washington football team and the New York Giants going head to head. And uh, well, there was a lot of chaos in this game in particular. Um, I thought this was one of Daniel Jones' best games of his career, uh, and the Giants, frankly, had this game won multiple times throughout the actual game itself. The fact that they didn't capitalize on Jones' huge game is kind of disappointing. And I understand they're a young team, relatively new head coach, so it's not a huge deal at the end of the day, but still something to keep in mind, especially considering you know, the impact that this team has. This team had, uh, I believe, 163 rushing yards during the game. That's how this team, I think, should operate. I understand Daniel Jones had nearly 100 of them, which is surprising. I mean, he was playing almost like Lamar Jackson in the way of just, you know, moving with the football in his hands. And uh, Barkley himself had 57 yards. I think he's getting back into the groove of things. If the Giants play with Daniel Jones moving around, I think there's more success. I'm not sure why they haven't done that in the past. Like, uh... It feels a lot like Daniel Jones. A lot of comparisons were made to him and Eli Manning when coming out, and they're trying to play him like Eli Manning, but Eli is not the athlete that Daniel Jones is. So Daniel Jones, I think Eli has his own uh, particular skills. I think Eli is really good when it comes to prior the snap stuff. He's much more of a uh, thinker of the game in terms of like that's that's how he approaches each play. Daniel Jones has the ability though, if the play breaks down, to get away, and the Giants I feel like should use them more. Be more Lamar Jackson than Tom Brady, effectively, in terms of like play style and how you operate. Uh, the Giants, of course, hoping that he has as much success as Tom Brady does. Meanwhile, with Washington, they escaped a loss here, and even Washington fans, I feel like, have understood that. There are multiple opportunities throughout this game that Washington could have won. Um, four sacks. It's good to see this defense getting back into the the groove of things i felt like the first couple of weeks they haven't lived up to the high expectations they have but definitely good to see that they're able to uh pressure the quarterback uh outside of the pick i thought heineke was pretty good and they'll have to use him a lot in the future i think fitzpatrick uh i forget if he was placed on ir or if he's just injured for a while um but that's something to keep in mind uh random fact here graham gunno had five field goals which is crazy because um, normally you don't want your kicker taking five field goals because that that's a lot of heading large distances and stopping. A few of those could have been touchdowns due to penalties and other factors as well. 
Then we head to Sunday's football games. We'll start off with the New England Patriots at the New York Jets. Uh, I predicted before the game that the Patriots were going to win. The actual winner, of course, was the Patriots themselves, although not quite the way that I thought. By the way, I should mention, um, in the previous pick, uh, I had predicted the Giants to win, and they did, if you want to count losing as victory. I don't know. Um, so with the Patriots game here, this was a fun game. First off, shout out to Nick Folk, um, who really, you know, has sort of bounced back. I don't want to say bounced back, but there, there was a couple of years where he was struggling, I think primarily when he was the Buccaneers kicker, and it's good to see him back on his feet, I guess. Uh, despite the score of this game, um, very relatively high scoring for the Patriots. Eh, not high scoring, but uh, it was 25 to 6, which uh, was definitely, you know, that sounds like a blowout. But despite the score, I think this was a very defensive battle. Jets, I think, did a great job defensively stopping the offense of the Patriots. Uh, despite the high accuracy throws from um, from Mac Jones, the uh, I think the issue was that the Jets were trying to stop... It felt like the Jets were trying to stop the big play, and that's where a lot of the uh, discussion about Daniel... Not Daniel Jones, Mac Jones. Uh, I probably shouldn't have done these back-to-back. -back. Uh, a lot of the discussion with Mac Jones was very much focused around why didn't he go for the big play, but that's not his style. They're playing the Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick style of dink and dunk until victory. So um, that's kind of how it worked here. Um, with Zach Wilson, you can see the talent there. You can definitely see it put a number of factors this was the second game the jets aren't exactly built to win a lot of games right now they're in a very big rebuild mode and going up against bill belichick that equals a massive struggle for wilson especially on the game side of things uh i believe he had four interceptions during the game which was you know not you know not not good uh without the turnover points though if in, in the game points scored off of turnovers the score would have been nine to six the patriots scored 16 of their 20 to 25 points off of turnovers so and that and that's really how this game felt this game felt like a nine to six game uh overall the jets team not as good as the patriots team but there's building blocks for them um and with the patriots you know defense wins games that about sums it up there uh it'll be interesting to see how they operate next week the next matchup the broncos facing jacksonville i predicted the broncos would win the broncos did win it was the first drive of the game i thought for both teams was really really good Broncos had, I think, the, the most methodical first drive of all time. Nine minutes and just step by step down the field. The Jaguars, I think you could definitely see the talent. Trevor Lawrence, uh, beautiful pass into the end zone for his first touchdown. And then afterwards, it just kind of became a Broncos game. Uh, I thought this was a better game for the Jaguars. They had more drives moving down the field. There were less mental mistakes and better decision making by all the players. I know the first week they had a huge number of penalties, but despite that this is a broncos win and i feel like we got to start looking at this team we got to start looking at the broncos as a very competitive team accurate passes and a solid run game is the game plan that's working for the broncos and i think the game plan that uh, uh fangio wants for the broncos to be there and bridgewater is the perfect type of guy to be able to play that sort of football next up on the list the buffalo bills facing the miami dolphins i predicted prior to the game the bills would win and the actual winner was the bills a uh, complete domination by the bills throughout this entire game bouncing back from the struggle that they had last week there were big plays you think like a uh, singletary's 46 yard run 
Sanders and Diggs getting 35 and 41 yard catches respectively, or methodical drives like the first drive coming out of halftime, doesn't matter. Bills just operated under anything, any sort of issue or problem or whatever that they had, and they were just going down the field. Um, meanwhile, on the other side of things, rough game for the Dolphins. Uh, getting shut out 35 nothing ain't exactly the greatest, and Tua getting injured obviously doesn't help as well. It very much looks like for them in the immediate future, it's going to be Jacoby Brissett's team. And I'm slightly concerned about Tua's future. I think not, I think I'm, I'm, as I mentioned in the last episode, I'm a very patient person when it comes to my team and quarterback, uh, for better or for worse. So a lot of times like, um, and this can go for good things or bad things. Had I been, uh, alive and well, and you know, like just watching Peyton Manning's first season, I would have operated under the idea of like, oh, let's just Peyton, just calm down. We got we have multiple years to work this out, or um, you know, which a lot of people may not have agreed with. If you brought Peyton Manning's first season into this year, I feel like a lot of people would have revolted. Um, so things like that. In that situation, obviously Peyton went on to have a fantastic career, and it's all great decision making. On the other hand, I also was a long, long time believer of Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, and that while it had a lot of successes intermediately, and there was clear glimpses of success. Um, didn't end up being the long-term solution for the Eagles. So, uh, very patient on my hand. And I think, like, for example, with Tua's situation, I'd keep giving the job to Tua for at least the first couple of years. I think a good number of games to go is about two seasons worth of games to see what you've got. So about 30-something games. And by that point, you have good sample size. And Tua has not had 30-something games. And despite that, I think that Miami's going to, like, you know, throw the... the the baby out with a bathwater. I don't think that's right. So, um, simile or metaphor for the situation. Long story short, I'm worried about Tua with the Dolphins. I think that a lot of people are going to overhype any sort of solution that comes after Tua just because Tua has been quote unquote bad, which he hasn't, in my opinion. He's just been a rookie. So, we'll see what happens there. Next game on the list, the 49ers go to Philadelphia. I predicted before the game, the Eagles, before the game, sorry, that the Eagles would win. The actual winner was the 49ers. It was an encouraging game if you're an Eagles fan, and an encouraging win if you're a 49ers fan. Now, both teams sort of came back to earth after dominant performances last week with uh, the Niners running up the score on the Lions before the Lions had a furious comeback, and then the Eagles just bashing the brains out of the Falcons. Um, this was a very defensive battle for the first half. And I think it could have continued to be that way had Brandon Graham not gotten injured. He was sort of the hole that the Eagles couldn't fill when the 49ers scored before halftime and then they eventually took the lead and won the game. Um, Hurts, I think, definitely you could see the talent. The last drive that the Eagles scored on was a really good drive by Jalen Hurts just methodically going down the field and giving his team a chance. But uh, very, like, that too little, too late sort of thing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the run game of the 49ers due to all the injuries they had last week and the week before. Uh, you know, with Mostert and I think Mitchell got injured and a few other guys. They're going off a of practice squad running backs at this point, two weeks into the season. So it'll be interesting to see that because Kyle Shanahan's system is heavily based on the run or the threat of the run. And the way that they've operated in the past, especially in their successful seasons, is that they've got this threat of a running back that can go for 100, 150 yards. And so you want to be able to stop them, but they get to play action going, and Garoppolo's really good at just picking uh, the, the receiver that's able to get the most open and go from there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see 
how that run game operates in the future. It'll be interesting to see the offensive bounce back attempt for Philadelphia next week as they take on the Cowboys, I think, on Monday Night Football. Definitely fun. The next game, the LA Rams go to Indianapolis. I predicted prior to the game the Rams would win, and the Rams did win overall. This was an interesting game. The Colts scoring possessions, if you want to look that up, uh, very much epitomized the type of game that they had. The Colts, was able, they were able to score on every other possession during the game. So they scored and missed and scored and missed, or the other way around. Um, which very much epitomized the up and down type of game that they had. One moment the team is really good driving down the field with, with nice runs and passes by Carson Wentz. And the next moment, Wentz throws a shuffle pass pick. You know, it's one of those type of games, apparently. The Rams started off with 17 points on their first four possessions and fought off a late game comeback of some sort to win the game. Now... Big question, of course, after this close win by the Rams 27-24, is how the Colts are going to operate without Wentz for, at minimum, the next game. Uh, I'm fairly certain that they've ruled him out for this upcoming game, so it'll be interesting to see how that operates, and how the Rams are going to use this close win in the future. I think that they had a pretty dominant win in the Week 1, and then a hard-fought win in Week 2 after the comeback attempt, so it'll be interesting to see how they use that in future weeks the next game a classic the raiders take on the steelers in a flashback of 1970s football except you know not quite like that overall the raiders uh big on field goals apparently today daniel carlson carlson sorry with four field goals and we have to start thinking is Derek carr finally back finally back saying you know as if he wasn't playing like this but back to that i think 2017 dominant itself that he was when leading the Raiders to the playoffs for the first time in a decade. Uh, is he back to that style? Both he as a quarterback and his team being as strong as it was then. Because there was an argument that season that the Raiders could have been the one seed prior to Derek Carr's injury. Um, and I think, I can't remember if this was the uh, Patriots-Falcons or Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl, but uh, somewhere in that time frame. So it'll be interesting to see how the Raiders finally built a team that's able to go back to that sort of uh, strong uh, winning football that they were a couple years ago. And on the Steelers side, is Big Ben playing like the semi-injured Big Ben that he has been over the past few years? It's uh, He got banged, banged up around, beat up basically, during the last game. Um, and the Steelers really need a running game, which has basically been the issue since Le'Veon Bell left. Um, long story short, don't look now, but the Raiders are back, maybe? Question mark? They and the Broncos are the ones on top of the AFC West right now, so it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Next matchup, the Bengals go to Chicago to take on the Bears. I predicted before the game the Bengals will win. Actually, the Bears won. Overall, uh, you have to talk about this, and we've been talking about this all day, basically. Uh, Andy Dalton gets injured, which, you know, isn't great for him. Shocker. I don't think it's great for the Bears in the short term, because Justin Fields will get the start. I'm slightly concerned, I've mentioned this previous, I mentioned this last week with uh, Trevor Lawrence, I'm concerned the fans in week three when he plays won't like him when he's playing because he lo doesn't live up to the great expectations that they place on him. If he goes out there and goes, you know, uh, 15, not even 15, if he goes out there and goes like 11 for 25 and, yeah, 11 for 25, 170 yards, passing and 170 is a bit high 
um, he'll, he'll go for something like 50, 55% completion percentage, uh, high 100 something yards, a touchdown, two picks next week. I don't, this is going off of before even realizing who the Bears are playing. Uh, and you know, he'll just have a eh game and I'm worried that Bears fans are going to be like, oh no, Justin Fields was the wrong choice. We should have picked, uh, Mac Jones or, um, yeah, no, Mac Jones was the only quarterback left on the board. That we should have picked Mac Jones instead, because look at him, he can win football games. You know, something like that. Um, this game was very defensive wins games, which is classic Bears football, and Burrow did not like that. Three straight interceptions, of course, is what everyone's going to focus on. That, of course, really killed any shot of them having a realistic shot of winning the game. Though, uh, like all interceptions, I don't think all of them were Burrow's fault. Despite the many turnovers, actually, this was a relatively close game, which I think just goes to show how much how how much better the Bengals are than everyone seems to give them credit for, especially considering, you know, the division that they're in and the AFC being really strong and very top-heavy. Um, the end of score of this game was 20-17, to 17, despite, you know, three interceptions, three straight interceptions for Burrow and a bunch of other chaos as well. The game of the week, I'm lying, this isn't the game of the week, but it was a very interesting one. The Texans versus the Browns. I predicted before the game the Browns were going to win. The Browns actually won, but this was not how I expected it to be. Tyrod Taylor, I I, I really feel for Tyrod Taylor, um, not Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, with another injury, Davis Mills is going to be taking over for the short-term future as uh, Taylor is on injury reserve. He, this game was competitive until he went out, which, uh, first off, should show teams he's a pretty good quarterback. I'm just saying, despite you know having chances basically ripped out of him, you know he was the Bills' quarterback until he wasn't. Uh, so I think now I'm looking. I'm doing this without looking it up. So with a grain of salt, he was the Ravens' backup quarterback during like the Flacco era. Um, yeah, backup quarterback for the Flacco era. He goes to Buffalo, eventually becomes a starter, leaves them to the playoffs for the first time in, in the 21st century prior to Josh Allen. Uh, moves over to Cleveland, starts off for Cleveland, eh, you know, he's okay, and then gets injured, Baker Mayfield comes in and takes over, he goes to the Chargers, he's a starter until shenanigans ensued, and then Justin Herbert comes in and steals the job away from him, and now he's in Houston with the, the idea of Deshaun Watson behind him, and still playing really good, but now is getting injured, and Davis Mills is going to come in, so I just, I just feel for him. Um, Texans are giving teams frets, which is you know, something that we weren't expecting. We were expecting Texas to just walk into the game and roll over while the teams just beat up on them. But the Browns, despite all these complications in their game plan, still show that they're better than the rest and definitely one of the top... I would say it's safe to say they're one of the top three teams in the AFC. Uh, despite all of the QB injuries... This is just a general point over the season. All the QB injuries this week and a bunch of huge big injuries for other teams in key spots as well show the season isn't taking any prisoners. This is a hard-fought season that uh, two weeks in is already leading to a bunch of injuries. Next game on the list, the New Orleans Saints take on the Carolina Panthers. I predicted the Saints were going to win. They were going to, you know, rise up after last week's game, and then they didn't. The Panthers won this one. Should we start thinking about the Panthers being good? Like, I know I know it's the Jets and the Saints. Jets, of course, being the Jets, they're, they're in the rebuild mode. The Saints... You know, you always give them a, sh a shot, especially in an NFC South endeavor. But really, this division was always considered to be the Buccaneers and whoever else wants to join. Um, but we gotta start thinking about the Panthers as like a, a low-key wildcard team, maybe. Um, that's the case, New Orleans crashes back down to earth, if only for one game. Winston, after a 
brilliant performance last week. Throws 50% pass completion, two picks, not exactly great. Uh, Sam Darnold, 26 of 38, 305 yards, two touchdowns, pick. Really good if he can keep that up throughout the entire season. Does this mean that the Jets were the issue? I think that was kind of popular uh, opinion, but still. Uh, certainly looking that way early on, as this is the the team in the NFC South. That's what I have here in my notes. This is the team in the NFC South, ignoring the obvious one. Uh, in a dominant win against the Saints, 26-7, where the Panthers score. Next game, this one might have a claim to be the game of the week. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that opinion. Uh, the Vikings go to Arizona and take on the Cardinals. Cardinals was my prediction to win. The Cardinals actually won, but this game was wild. From a Vikings domination early on to a ferocious Cardinal bounce back, and then most of the second half was basically a back-and-forth affair, just... You know, I score, no I score, no I score, no I score. Uh, and this resulted in a Vikings miss kick for game. Now, I refuse to blame the kicker for this, for the game, especially. Blame him for the miss kick, but I refuse to blame him for the game, because frankly, kickers have enough to deal with. Um, I made a few kicks earlier from longer in the game, and, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're relying on one shot to win the game, there's a likelihood that you missed some plays in the past. So there's, you know, the Vikings, there's other places they can shore up. Meanwhile, the NFC West is full of great teams, and I stand by my prediction of all four teams making it to the playoffs so far. It looks like that, especially if you saw how this week's games went. Uh, end score 34-33 with the Cardinals win. Next game, Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Prediction, Bucks win. Actually, the Bucks win. Now, I'm going to spoil a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff here. I normally watch the replay bot broadcast via NFL Game Pass throughout the week. Uh, and try not to spoil my, the scores for myself, simulating the real game experience. So I'll go through uh, usually, you know, a couple games a day just to go through all of them. By the time, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday rolls around, I'm able to go and make these episodes. So uh, I got spoiled on the score for this one and frankly didn't want to watch the game. I thought I was just going to look up stats and like say to you guys, hey, I didn't watch the game and go from there. But when I saw how competitive this game was, through the first three quarters from like the research that I was doing prior to this, I watched it. First off, shout out to the Falcons for just trying the way they did. That sounds really bad, but they really fought for the first couple of quarters. And then the Bucks turned into basically the Chiefs the year they won the Super Bowl. Just, you know, oh no, I'm in trouble. Let me just flip this switch. And now I'm back to normal. Just able to switch on a different level where the moment matters and score 48-25 Buccaneers. Uh, Brady's going to throw for 100 touchdowns this year. That's uh, my bold prediction. That's not going to happen, but fun all the same. Next matchup, the Titans go to Seattle. I predicted the Seattle Seahawks would win. Actually, the Titans win. This was a great bounce back game thanks to a team not being able to stop Derrick Henry, which is what I mentioned last week as like the key to being able to stop this team is if you can bottle up Derrick Henry. Not exactly a uh, revolutionary concept, but you know, Surprise, surprise, he's a great running back, in my opinion, the best in the game right now, and was able to just run over Seattle's defense. Uh, I feel like Seattle always has losses like this throughout the season of like, oh, we we just, as we build expectations, oh no, they fall down again or something like that. I'm not too surprised that it occurred. Both of these teams are in the same tier for me of just outside my Super Bowl pick. You know what I mean? Like there's a couple, there's enough teams in front of them that I don't want to say that these guys can be the Super Bowl pick, but at the same time, they're popular dark horses, if you understand what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, that's, that's how both of these teams felt to me prior to the season beginning, and despite all the struggles that they've had at certain points throughout their first two weeks, I think that's the same sort of 
idea that we can look forward to. You know, the team that's really competitive and has an outside shot of making it all the way. Uh, and score 33-30, an overtime game win for the Titans. The next game, the Cowboys head to LA to take on the Chargers. Prior to the game, I thought the Cowboys would win. The actual winner, the Cowboys. Dallas, surprisingly, can win football games and against solid teams. Um, I personally thought this was going to be a shootout. That did not happen to be the case. The resulting score clearly doesn't show that and scored 20-17. to It was a close game thanks to the shot of Greg the Leg and the Cowboys win on the last second field goal. I think that this double-headed rushing attack that the Cowboys are working on is really, really good. And it, frankly, I don't think it matters who has more yards. I understand that the idea of, oh, Zeke was a, the top five pick and Pollard was not, and so you should give more carries to Zeke. And I think, personally, I think Zeke is more talented than Pollard, as if that means anything. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't think you should care about draft picks when trying to win a football game. You've spent the pick already. No one's going to sit here and say, there's no like return on investment here. Or, or not return on investment. There's no way to like redeem Zeke for like, oh, if I give back Zeke, I can get a you know a second round pick or something like that. There's nothing like that. Once you made the pick, the pick is made. So now you just gotta win football games, and it doesn't matter who has more yards or anything like that. Uh, my only takeaway from the Chargers game, they need to run the ball more. I felt like they didn't run the ball a lot, if at all, uh, throughout the game. And I understand that you know trying to win a game from behind, you're gonna pass a little bit more, especially at the later parts of the game. But they still need to run the ball a bit more. I feel like that's uh, an issue that may come to haunt them. You don't want to be in the position where you're relying on Justin Herbert for the win. Despite his talents, he is still only about 16 games into his career, so you definitely want to have other aspects of your game sort of complementing his style. Next up, the actual game of the week. We are now at nighttime. It is the Chiefs taking on Baltimore. I predicted prior to the game that the Chiefs would win. The actual winner was the Ravens. This is probably, I think, most people's game of the week. Uh, this might have been the game of the week before the game, and it certainly was afterwards. Throughout the game, it felt like the Chiefs were always just one score ahead all the time. Any comeback attempt that the Ravens had was thwarted by the Chiefs and their raw power until the Ravens finally took their lead. The only lead of the game, actually, at the very end, and got the win. Of course, everyone looks at the very end of the scene with about a minute and change remaining where John Harbaugh you know, yells over to Lamar Jackson, basically being like, hey, you want to go for it? As if, you know, Lamar Jackson would say no. Um... But this game, I think, was a very competitive game. I think the Ravens' defense did just enough for the win. The end score was 36-35, so there were a lot of points on the board, uh, and the Ravens gave up a lot of points. But uh, they did just enough, you know, with the first-ever pick of Mahomes in September ever, which is wild to think about, and a poor rushing day by the Chiefs. I think that combined with the Ravens being the Ravens and having a fantastic run game gave them the victory. So, interesting to see. Oh, no, the Chiefs are not on top. Will that mean that they won't win the AFC West? Uh, tune in next week for me to refute any claim that the Chiefs don't win the West. And the final game, the Lions versus Green Bay. My predicted that the Packers would win. The actual winner was the Packers. The Lions are a football team. Don't think that they're just going to lie down and, you know, give up. Similar to how the Texans have been fighting a lot of teams, the Lions are fighting a lot of teams. This game was competitive for three quarters, which is basically three quarters more than you would have given the Lions prior to the season. Uh, Rodgers had the bounce back four touchdown effort after a, a bad game last week. Uh, I think the Lions, this is going to sound very weird, they just, they just need to carry over their first half effort into the second half to win a lot of games this year. If they if they act like, basically, prior to the, the four quarters, if they play like uh, week one, quarter three, four, week two, quarter one, two, basically. And if they play like that, they're winning like, this, you know, double digit games. 
Uh, the problem is they can't do that just because of talent levels and the fact that they're playing a lot of tough teams. They're playing the 49ers and the Packers, two teams that have made the NFC Championship game or higher in the past two years. So um, definitely something to look into. Obviously, they uh, just got to carry over that sort of effort. Despite the low score uh, that they gave up, the Packers defense might be something to check out. Uh, so we'll definitely watch that next week. And that does wrap up all of the games that we have for week two. Next week, of course, week three. If you want to check out the predictions that I make, uh, you can go ahead and follow me at Adurin Region, A-H-D-U-R-I-N Region uh, on Twitter, where I, uh, prior to sometime between Thursday morning and Thursday evening, I make my predictions for the entirety of week three. So you can check that out. Uh, as well, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, if you could review, you know, check out the show and all the other stuff that comes with it, I uh, greatly would appreciate it as we are on the road to having more views than we did yesterday. And by listening to this, you've got to help. So thank you very much. Uh, thanks for listening. And until next time, everyone, take care.